You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Welcome. Back to Legends Live, as presented by the National Basketball Retired Players Association, the home of all our NBA and WNBA legends. I'd like to remind our viewers, you can submit questions during the show that we will get to before we wrap up. Without any further ado, I'd like to get to today's guest. We have got former Duke Blue Devil, former Minnesota Timberwolf, former Grizzly. Uh, when they were in Vancouver, mind you, we have got Cherokee Parks with us. Cherokee, all thank right, you for joining you. us, man. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here, man. I appreciate the intro. Oh, of course. Uh, first things first, uh, we're talking a little bit backstage about just navigating through all this. So I like to ask, how are you? Like, how, how are things going? Actually, I, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I got I got to tell you, I've been real fortunate um, as you'll be in the space we're in right now where we get to, you know, communicate with people on mm -hmm. some top line, you know, topics and and, you know, for myself being in working in player development with the NBA, um, you know, since, you know, just what's what's transpired over over the last year. So I've just had this great group of people to be able to talk to and communicate and, you know, resources and just time to really ingest uh, a lot of what's going on. So uh, I've, been, I've just been real fortunate just to be in this line of work right now, considering you know, how, how much gravity is going on individually to have it be part of your job, to be out there and be able yeah. to communicate with, with different players and, and stakeholders has been been very, very helpful. So all things considering, I, I feel very fortunate. Hey, Mitchell doing uh, some player development with the league. I feel like first I have to ask you, we had a blockbuster trade yesterday, James Harden <laughs> going Rockets to the net. So just like what's what's your make on that one, you know, from the experience you know, of a player inside the locker room. And then also as, you know, Cherokee Park's retired player just working within the league. What are, what are your thoughts on it? Well, for, um, just uh, as it relates to the trade, I'm sure I was just, I was blown away like everybody else. I mean, <laughs> we knew that was coming. Right. And, but just the way, the way it unfolded and, and the, just the amount of, uh, 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 as, as many, as amount, the amount of pieces that were involved with the move, whether it be draft picks and player movement and teams. like Four teams. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And then all of that, you know, just bringing it together. Now you got these three superstars that got to jive and create something special together, too, on top of that. Uh, as well as, you know, for like the Nets having top to bottom, you know, mm. uh, you know, uh, you know, coaching staff, a lot of new pieces. Um yeah, I'm still ingest. I'm still digesting it. You know, I just I'm really excited to see what what the Nets do with it. It looks like uh, you know Houston was able to accomplish a lot. You know what I mean? And then also, you know, you get their Indiana and Cleveland as well. So a lot of good players moving around though. So you know, a lot of good opportunity for guys. But yeah, I'm still I still would like to see this team on the court. Get Kyrie back in there and see see what this court what they do together. Yeah, the three of them. What that flow looks like. I'm really curious. Yeah, I'm really curious. <laughs> It's been some talk. Like, do you think the you think the Nets gave up too much? I'm usually of the mind that if you get the superstar, you can't really give up too much. 
But what, like, what, what, what's your take on that? I don't know. I think that GM role. Well, first of all, Sean Marks is, is tremendous. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm sure he know he knows exactly what he's doing. I, I guess the, the thing really stood out was in the just just gathering all their, their first round picks back. There was just all yeah. that that build from the from the Paul Pierce and the KG trade back in the day, and it seemed like they just got those picks back. I think with this past right. summer, yeah. <laughs> and, and the back situation. Get, yeah. So. Um, but I have a lot of faith in, in Sommer's ability, so I'm sure he's some special is going to come out of it. So, uh, uh, but uh, yeah, from the player standpoint, man, it's, it's a big adjustment, man, because you got all that surrounds that when you're on these teams. So, like mm. you know, the players that are still on the Nets right now, that's that's the constant. That's what every reporter wants to ask about is you know what's the vibe like in there, and then you got to make this adjustment, and now you also got to figure out what your role is, you know, in these type of situations as well, you know, as well. So um th- there's a lot to be said and then also for new guys it's just uh, i like the opportunity for you guys to get into new markets and really see what the rest of the league has to offer because a lot of times not every city's on your radar right so you see these guys get moved around a little bit and all of a sudden you get this situation like you know we're gonna end up down in in in, in indiana or, or you know cleveland teams are making some changes there's some new opportunities so at okay. first you know it might be kind of rough but then you get on you know you get in town you get a market you're like okay this is actually a really good situation for me right now so um, yeah, we'll see how this how this just shakes down a little bit, but uh, I'm really excited to see those three guys together and see what yeah. what they produce, what kind of numbers they put up as a trio. You mentioned the uh, your player development role earlier. Uh, like, how'd that come about, and like, what's that look like? What's your your player development? Uh, yeah, first, yeah, that's, that's that's tech now. Going with all the Zoom and the interviews yeah. and stuff like that. I was gonna say right? it happened. Everybody understands uh, it happens. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the player development role. So. Um, yeah, I came into that. Um, I've been working in the league now just a little over three years, but I uh, actually was introduced, uh, you know, was able to work way in, into that role through some player programs, uh, you know, offered by the league office. So through the last CBA, um, one, of the, one of the areas that they wanted to highlight was opportunities for former players to get better exposure to various aspects of, uh, of uh, the basketball operations and league operations hmm. in basketball. And so I was able to come into the office. I did a, I did a summer program. Um, an executive trainee program, and then I was able to parlay that into a, a um, until a basketball operations associate program, which was in its second year, which was uh, based out of, out of the office in New York City, and just basically got you exposure to everything happening uh, behind the scenes at the league office, as well as some exposure with some uh, um, uh, with basketball operations at the team level. Right. And then I went through that was a year long program, and then the opportunity uh, we started a program where we work and do some elite youth engagement. Uh, that we we started a program where we were working with USA Basketball okay. and providing uh, some life skills and leadership development skills to the to the younger players. And so that uh, you know that that opportunity opened up for me, and uh, you know I've been in that role for a couple of years now. Is it, and so, how are you like it? Like are you liking that side? Are you looking to you know go into more of the like the operation side, like with the team, and maybe not so much developing players maybe acquiring the players or scouting trading like yeah no, no this is great this is great just it just differentiates too like we have on-court development and then mm-hmm. we also have the league office for player development so we really help with the guys uh transitioning and adjusting to the lifestyle uh right. of basketball and what the journey has to offer so for instance with our younger guys you know we're just starting to work with uh you know with uh, with some elite youth it's just really just opening up you know kind of what what what's going on with the game mm-hmm. education surrounding the game um, as well as far providing resources to their family. So again, establishing connections and just kind of bring it all together because it's like, you know, when I was coming out, when I was a young guy, you know, I came on radar at like eighth, ninth grade. I, I had an eight year runway to think about a job, right. basically like everybody else. And right. these kids now, if you come on that radar when you're like 15, 16 years old, 
you have to start making some decisions. Yeah, you got three or four years max. Yeah. 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 And then you got with college now, they got the name, image, likeness. Like there's yep. some things to consider. So we're able to just bring what it is through our, what, you know, what we've had experience with our league guys back into this realm now and be able to just provide some resources and connections for some of these people that are up and coming, that are coming straight from, you know, coming straight from the trenches, you know. So, um, so start up going with that. And then so when these guys get out of the league and then, you know, guys transitioning into the league. So we'll meet up with guys at the combines. Mm. We'll do summer league uh, programming. Uh, 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 in Vegas, we do the rookie transition program, mm -hmm. getting ready for the league, and then we'll work with the union at all these events, and we'll bring to them. Uh, we just do some team awareness meetings during the season, uh, where we're really just reaching out to the guys. And again, everything that's surrounding what they're doing on the court, there's this whole other life going on yeah. that's very, very important to a player's adjustment and their family's adjustment to this new lifestyle of playing sports for a living. And also, how do you find ways to progress and take what you're maximizing on the court and be able to maximize that off the court? So, again, to our earlier point with the, you're making these trades, you know, this big trade goes down. All of a sudden, if you got kids, you're in a new city, you're just finding your groove. There's all kinds of other things going on. So we have a network that we work with with each team that we can better assist players in, in adjusting to these new markets and, and just getting more well-equipped. So, one, they're better when they step on the court. They're ready to get going. But then also how to get their footprint going and, and maintain themselves within their communities as well. What's one of the biggest things you th like you try to instill within the guys like off the court? Like again, on the court, you know, they're getting their coaches, teammates, someone figure it out. But what's one thing you try to get to stick with them off the court about coming into the league? Um, I did just just from experience, just taken from what 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 I did or didn't do. I think just you, being honest with your investment into the game. Um, mm -hmm. because you can decide again, like, again, now that we're talking with y'all, like we actually, now we have this broad stroke where we're, we're, we're reaching kids as young as 15 years old, all the way up until the legends and the retired players. It goes on. We have this, this network going on that you can decide really early on in your journey. If sports is where you want to be, you know what I mean? It's, it's, you may not be the opportunity to play professionally as an athlete, but you can work professionally. Definitely. And so we can decide early on in the game how much time we want to invest uh, into being attentive to what the game's about and what's the business of the game and how things are working. And, you know, there's just, just, just this kind of belief too, like when we're done playing, we can go into coaching or we can do commentating and we can do all these other things or we can be a GM. And that's not the case. It's just because you play doesn't mean you're good at these other things. <laughs> right. They take time and you got to be, you got to practice. And so, yeah. but you can earlier on in your year, in, 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 in your playing career, you can decide, you can pay attention to what a coach does. You can sit in and, and uh, on a coach's meeting, put together some practice plans, learn about scouts that are watching you. There's people you can sit down with. You can be like, hey, man, I, I like a lot of these different aspects of the game. Sure. But ultimately, you're learning trade. You know, you're learning skills. You're learning things within your business you can do later. But, and, but ultimately, you're making yourself a better player. You know, I mean, you're yeah. learning how you're being evaluated. You're learning how the coach is utilizing you when he's putting together a practice plan. You're learning all these components of the game. That again, it's just it's it's a win-win. So um, you know, with some of these other guys, it's just getting involved with the game and being honest with yourself about one, what you understand, what's going on, and how much you're putting into the game as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, this goes. I was down in the bubble for three months, and I went to a lot of Laker games, man. I don't I don't remember <laughs> LeBron taking his eyes off the court for the right. entire game. He's just laser focused. Yeah. Laser focused from the time he gets from the time he steps on that court until that game is done when he's out of the, when he's off and he's sitting on the sideline. He is he is still in the game the entire time. And so it's just I mean, that's what it takes to be a, a legend. That's what it takes to be a legendary player is that type of commitment. So just being honest with yourself as far as what you're giving to the game and what you're trying to get out of the game. And, you know, there's enough to go around too, man. And the, and the circles are small enough, too, that you really commit yourself 
in different areas, man, you could take this game, you could, you know, take it a long way. So right. uh, it's just mainly that, just be, just being honest about what you're putting into it. Now, what was your uh, role? I guess what did the bubble look like for you? You said three months. That's not a that's not a short stint down there. So how how was how was that experience for you? It was it was actually it was great. It was uh, you know everybody had to wear different hats, but we didn't know what to expect. Right. You know, we were going in, and that was the beta stage of development. Was like live. You know, we're going with this, but <laughs> right. I think the the setup, everything that came down. I'll tell you what, our preparation leading up to the bubble was what really was really what was helpful with how the season, the abruptness of which it ended, mm. we had to stay ready week to week, yep. you know, as everybody we did. Yep. We, met, we didn't know. So that week to week preparation, I think actually what actually made when the bubble, when that scenario happens, like we're, you know, that's going to happen. Everybody was already in that, in that gear. And so right. we were able to just slip in that lane and get up in there, but it was amazing. I mean, it was just, you imagine just basketball centric the whole time, courts everywhere. Mm-hmm. You're walking through hotels and you're seeing all the all-star, all these guys just walking around the, like the hotels, just <laughs> like, you know, eating with their families and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, just the, the, the actual bubble itself where you get, people are getting tested every day. There's hand sanitizing stations everywhere. Um, and then just staying with that common goal, just finishing out the, you know, getting to that last game, getting to the chip and mm-hmm. making sure that gets done. And I think everybody really was able to adjust and find that lane. So my, my takeaway w- from it was fantastic. I think everybody really, you know, put their best foot forward and, uh, you know, really brought up that the, the players sacrificed a lot. I thought the, the NBA employees, the officials, the media that was down there, like everybody really put a lot to make that happen. And everybody just became this quite, you know, kind of tight knit kind of community down there, just trying to trying to, you know, ride it out. And then it became the inverse, you know, initially it was like, what's going to happen in the bubble. But when you're in there, you're kind of watching all this other stuff going on outside. Yeah. And you're in this contained little, you know, little tight sealed community. And it was, it was, it was interesting. But again, within that, you have mental health specialists, you have, there's the teams are getting good meals and nutritionists and they're finding ways to stay active and busy and, and, you know, do as much as we can in the situation. So it was really helpful, I think, considering, you know, what degree this has taken this, 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 this whole climate's taken on over the last year to be in that situation for a little bit was like, mm-hmm. You kind of just take a deep breath, and right. just kind of do your job, and there was kind right. of a little feeling of normalcy in there, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, uh, do you think you would have liked, like, in your playing days, you think you would have liked that? Because I've heard some former players say, you know, they think they would have liked it a little bit more, just like the structure, the being around the team, kind of reminded them more so of college. Some guys, you know, say it would have taken them completely out of their routine. So, you think you would have? Which side do you think yeah. you, as a player, would like? Yeah, yeah, I don't like, I don't like, no, no, no distraction. You got food set up for you everywhere, and it's just the games. And then also, man, I used to get drilled by fans too, man. I used, they used to let me have it. There's not a lot, of, a lot of Duke lovers out there. What? <laughs> you know? People yeah, don't... not a lot of Duke lovers out there. So no. I, I used to get, I used to get an earful. So I think I was just watching these games now. What it would be like to just be playing, right. and yeah. your only focus is really your game. And again, getting the season in the bubble was just it, there's there's no crowd surfing there's no one yelling anything there's no old friend that you ran into that's in that city there's 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 none of that stuff it's just get out there and and, you put the ball in the hole and and let's get this game done Mm. so i I think i would have kind of i think i might have kind of liked it a little bit to be honest with you like i said i got an earful so (laughs) (laughs) uh you mentioned earlier you said you know you had coming out of or going into high school i should say you had six seven eight years you stayed all four years in college was that ever something that you considered? Like, did you ever consider going 
Pro, like nah. leaving early, or you knew all along. No, nah, just even for myself, yeah. it wasn't even a. It just really wasn't a thought. And this is coming mm -hmm. in with like the guys that were tired at time, like um, you know, with Web C Web and, and Juwan Howard, Jalen, the Fab Five. We came in through that same year, and you know, I mean, Chris played out of his. He was playing out of his mind all through all the way through high school, and he yeah. still had to put in a solid two years. And it was still like, oh, okay, C Web's coming out, and then maybe some guys will roll out their juniors, but it just really wasn't common at the mm -hmm. time. Um, uh, to come out early like you had to be up there but for myself it was always just that four years like it just really it was just kind of that was always a plan I didn't really ever think about leaving early and then you know sure enough we rolled into my senior year we have the rookie salary cap coming in and we had all these underclassmen <laughs> jump out early that year and all this stuff going on you know what I mean you can't you couldn't have anticipated that you know if I yeah. could have it would have been better for me to jump my junior year when we just came off a national championship game but um, but, uh, you can't, yeah, it was just, my mindset was getting there four years is how, is how, is, you know, was going to be the plan and just to get it done. So I, I just think that takes a lot of courage at that time for someone to really commit early to leaving because there was also the stories, those guys jumping ship a little bit early and they weren't quite ready yet. And then they right. just got kind of buried where otherwise they were sensational college players at the time. So I think it takes a lot of grit for these guys at that time to be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to hit the draft a little bit early. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I was looking at I was looking at the full the full runway. Now, what do you remember about your draft prospect? You, uh, or I guess, just the draft experience. You remember doing some? You said you were doing some work with the younger players, like the draft combine, the uh, rookie symposium. What do you remember about your your combine or just the entire draft process? Um, yeah, well, it was tough. Again, it was it was one of those years. So you get to the combines, and combines are tremendous because you get to see everybody together. You know, right. it, it, at our time, the guys, everybody at the combines were people that were going to get or were applying for the draft. Now they have a few other things going on where players can come test the waters a little bit. But right. at that time was was really when you got to really kind of size people up, kind of take a look at them. People are already kind of rolling in. They got some bags. They already got a little bit of jewelry going on, and they're starting <laughs> to express themselves. Oh yeah. So. It was, a, it was just a lot of fun in that regard. And then also just the amount of media that comes through and just, you know, it's like really sinking in like, okay, this is going to happen. Right. All right, this is going to happen. Like the draft is coming up. Okay, all this is really starting to go for that build. Uh, and then from, from my particular experience um, was that we had to draft up Toronto and then there was a lockout the following day. So the 95, so we had the draft. I think I think the plan was, uh, if it was similar to my, my experience, is that the next day I flew down to Dallas I mm. signed my contract and then the lockout started the following day. So like, and then we locked up the Perfect whole summer. Yeah. yeah. And then we started up a week before the season started, it was scheduled to start. Wow. So we had no summer league we, there was no summer activities. I think we did, I, we still did RTP towards the end of the summer, mm. uh, the rookie transition program, but uh, it was just pretty much like it was just up in the air. So I, I didn't get that, that taste. Like these rookies now get it in. Right. Like we combined and then drafts incredible. And then go to Vegas just off the hook. Yeah. And then that nice, and then we got RTP at the end of the summer and then now they're ready to get their teams and get the season going. So there's just a great build for the summer for, for these guys to prepare. And we didn't have that. <laughs> that was just completely, I was completely gone. So um, I was drafted by Dallas and then, you know, I didn't, I didn't work out with them actually. So when I got down there, it was pretty much the first time I was meeting the staff and, all the wow. coaches uh, was after I got drafted. Yeah. yeah so, so was it, you didn't meet, so was it like a surprise or you kind of knew the range? Did your uh, agent give you like a heads up or anything? Cause no, now I, I feel like we out, see. It was tough. I worked out with three through 11. So, and I got okay. drafted 12. Okay. <laughs> so okay. we pretty much were sitting there and it was like, and then, you know, the, it was kind of set. And then Damon Stoudemire jumped from like the late teens, early twenties mm -hmm. up to like, I think six or seven, I think he was. 
and it just kind of shifted everything. Yeah. And then, so the numbers kind of shifted. So we got to, I think 11 was Milwaukee and I hadn't worked out with anybody after that. I worked out with Chicago at 17, which would have been great because that was the 72 and 10 team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would have been all right. Special. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I just, after that 11 pick, I was just kind of like, uh, okay, we'll see what's up. And then you're just kind of, your mind's reeling and you're anxious and you're disappointed, but you're excited. And right. it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. So I, I had only worked out for the block. And then once, uh, once that 11th pick went by, I was, all right, here we go. And then just <laughs> be the next 50 dollars. <laughs> Now I mentioned you are a grizzly, but when they were Vancouver, like the the old school Grizzlies, what do you remember about that experience? Uh, it, was, it was it was phenomenal because when they came in '95, and so I did my first three years. I did the year in Minis- uh, year in Dallas and two years in Minnesota. Hmm. So when I went up there, you know, big country was still up there. They made that big trade. They they initially they drafted Stevie Francis, mm-hmm. and they ended up trading him down, getting you know to, to Houston, and then uh, landed Mike Baby, Mike Dickerson, Othello Harrington came up through that but team we were trying to find our way um the city itself was fantastic uh mm-hmm. vancouver was great um had a lot of great experiences up there we opened up uh uh the new building that toronto plays in now we played the first mm-hmm. game in that building uh like way back when and um it was just it was a quick blip i mean there's just yeah. not a lot about vancouver that you hear now yeah. except the throwback jerseys made a comeback those teal those teal oh, throwbacks yeah. those are beautiful our- favorite uniforms are hot again. oh yeah so um but it was quick and it was just it was fun but it's just amazing that they were only there for that six years yeah and, and they, they were just out but the city i mean i think they should they should definitely be on the radar you know for looking at expanding to you know you know, open up a couple of cities for another you know expansion nba expansion mm-hmm. you know if they're seattle i think vancouver is one of those teams that, that would have to be recognized as well just uh just just it was a great great experience a lot of fun um it's just it's amazing how quickly they were just in and out like that that's what i was going to ask you we've heard a lot of talk about expansion it feels like seattle is going to get i mean right feels like rightfully so they're going to get a team but the other team i've heard some las vegas i'd heard vancouver because i've seen this like okay they're much more prepared now for an nba team than they were at that point so mm-hmm. would that be your two spots seattle and yeah, like I, I, that's that's like how would you do that like it's like would you you know, we'll be like, yeah, obviously, uh, uh, Seattle's f- fantastic. Vegas is hot. Like it's coming up on everybody's radar. There's been talk of Mexico city, uh, possibly being a destination for either the G league or an NBA team. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that would make sense, right? Like bring, bring Memphis and new Orleans over and then, mm-hmm. you know, open up spots in the West. Um, yeah, but I, I just, it just based on from, from playing, it's Seattle. I mean, I don't yeah. ever remember being in Seattle, even if my team wasn't great and not the environment there and just not being just electric and sold out. Yeah. And those teams, I mean, look at all those players went through like Seattle Supersonics, like top to bottom, like they seem to have That's the full legend, time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but again, it's, you know, bring those teams out. You got to make sure you have the talent now to spread out to all those teams. And then, you know, with the, like the trade we, that we just talked about, we got three of the best players in the league now up on one team and mm-hmm. kind of how these, these players move around a little bit, you know, kind of would put certain teams uh, market wise in jeopardy just because, you know, the, the players move in the way they do. So, but mm-hmm. I mean, I think uh, environment wise, climate wise, culture wise, like, yeah, Seattle has just proven to be, to be, to be a hit. So before we jump to a couple of viewer questions, what do you make it like the player empowerment? I feel like it's been a, a big topic lately, like because players are, 
you know, exercising that right to, you know, lead teams of free agency, request a trade. Like you said, we just saw three of the three all-star caliber players link up. What do you make of that? Because I know player empowerment, free agency was a lot different when you play. Yeah, I, and I think that just, just kind of spreads out. Like it goes different ways. Like obviously if you're a fan and it's your market and it's your it's your city and you see players that have that flexibility to be able to move around, it, you know, that could be frustrating. Yeah. Um, from a player standpoint, have my player hat on? Absolutely. I mean, if that's the, <laughs> what the market allows and you could go in and now you can actively say, because you don't get to choose who you're drafted by. You know, we yeah. pick our colleges and our high schools and so forth and our agents and the people that are in our inner circles. But when you're drafted, it's 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 not your choice. Yep. Um, and so, you know, put my player hat on to be able to have that kind of freedom and be like, oh, let's hook up. OK, we can actually our paths can actually cross here over this team. OK, right. cool. You know, I mean, that that's great. But then, um, you know, and then from the owner standpoint, though, it's like or, you know, from a coaching standpoint, it's right. be really tough yeah. you know, to, to be able to, like, look long term with stuff. And, and so, uh, yeah, it's tough. I think it's tough on some markets. I think to where you're at. Um, but again, I think the players, if that's what's, you know, that's what the case is now. And you got a little bit of freedom in deciding where it is you might want to land. Mm. You know, I think that's that's you know that's what these guys are doing. Mm. So we'll uh, we'll keep you too long. We'll see if we got a couple of viewer questions here. Let's see, M- <laughs> not a question, but M two Sherman sa- says you got a better haircut now than in nineteen ninety two. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, I got a lot of uh, I got a lot of flack for having a floppy kind of moppy <laughs> haircut back in the day. I actually have a good friend of mine in Los Angeles, a really good friend um that uh that i met later in life but, but early on when i was in college you know southern california guys and they're like dude they they like do we we used to watch games just to hate on you just to hate on your hair <laughs> it was all moppy and flopping around but i've actually heard that quite a bit so yeah. uh, i appreciate that it's a step up man <laughs> let's see next question we got from travis alan travis says what are your thoughts on the game of basketball today legends like kareem abdul jabbar and tim uh, duncan that the post game balance is lacking today as opposed to when you and Tim play. So, what I guess, just yeah. you know, what are your thoughts on like the I guess the evolution of the big man? Yeah, I'll agree. I'll agree. Actually, we were just talking today, uh, telling the co worker about like a, a Jared Allen, you know, because he was involved mm. in that trade. Like, mm-hmm. I love that type of center right now. That guy that's going to yeah. come out, stone face, he's going to get you rebounds, he's going to block yep. shots, he's going to run plays, he does not need the ball at all. Yep. And it seems like, and he's a big guy, and he's tough. But he's thin, but he's tough, and yep. it seems like um, like that's the type of guy like th- that fits at a center role now versus like you talk about with with with, with the Duncan and 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 you know and Kareem these guys were like been, you used to build your team from that center out and then right. you kind of work the way around how the games change and stuff like man it's like just just seeing that even now the dominant guys that come in could pass the ball and they could shoot threes and if they don't they're working on that so. Yep. But it's like it, you think, man, who is that guy that can just dominate on the block? Like back in my day, it was like an Antonio McDice. You know, it was like mm, six eight, mm-hmm. six nine, and he would catch on the post and he would just shoot turnaround jumpers the whole game. You know, what I mean, yep. so you had to double team the guy all the time. He he causes focus, and it just seems like those type of players. Um, one, uh, it just that's not the style of game, and yeah. uh, two is that it's also because the game's changes that you see a lot of defensive assignments guys just switch it used to be kind of mm-hmm. like you get locked on your guy and you wanted to stay position with position your man, wise yeah. 
position smart with your guy and now they can just switch everything so like defense isn't even really the same you know and hmm. so to, i think to gauge like how guys would would like do take some guys now and put them in you know in situ you know from then and put situations now how would they would actually perform like like i don't know but like if you throw cream out there like i still think he's unstoppable oh yeah <laughs> still I think that dude would still yeah. 44,000 points or whatever he did. <laughs> I still think he would do now. I don't think this yeah. game would have changed at all because he had that one unstoppable shot. Yeah. Got one from uh, Cameron. Cameron Ballard says, what current player has the best tattoos? You feel like the expert there. So what uh, What current <laughs> player has, has the best ink? Dude, who has the best ink? Man, I don't know, man. It's hard to tell. Guys got a lot of ink now. Like we're yeah. coming up back a little bit. You have a little, a little something here, a little something there. Guys now are just like, Psh. yeah, they're all the way down. The but, uh, almost, yeah, yeah. I like how Jr. flosses his. I gotta be honest. Okay. Like his, his, all his stuff looks really good and it's yeah. bold, and you know what I mean. And just how he expresses it, I, I think is pretty cool. Um, but uh, yeah, I probably, I probably, I probably like, I probably like what he's doing, doing the most. It's, it's amazing how much it's just become like, just like a normal part of a player's appearance. Definitely. When they get done and then there's so much of it when they come back with new stuff the following year, it's kind of like you don't really. It's <laughs> hard to even tell, yeah. Don't, don't even know what it is. You don't, yeah, don't, can't even tell you. So, uh, yeah, but I think a lot of guys just putting together putting together some fun stuff. So one last question uh, before we let you out of here. We're doing a Legends playlist. We just dropped our first one. We're getting together our second one. What's something that you're listening to, either in the car, working out, Playing golf, whatever. What the? What's in your headphones these days? I would, man. I just, I pretty much got it, man. I kind of fell off a little bit. I pretty much just go up on there and I find one of my channels. Okay. On, uh, 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 yeah. If I, if I, I get up on there, I find Spotify. I find a channel like the radio, and then mm. whatever the certain the certain artist is, and I just okay. kind of kind of get from there. I haven't. I've been in New York, so I haven't had a car. Okay. So I've been in New York <laughs> the last couple of years. So like that was usually where you get your new fix of, of your tunes on and stuff like yeah. that. So. Uh, yeah, pretty much nothing really, nothing really top of mind right now. I mean, I grew up on punk rock, you know, that's kind of been I was like, yeah, it could be some old, it can be, it doesn't have to be anything new. Yeah, yeah, some of my old school, old school favorites, man. So, uh, Southern California punk rock, you know, that's okay. kind of what I grew up on. So, whether that's just some Pennywise or some Bad Religion or Descendants or No Effects, you know I mean, just okay. kind of three chords, keeping it fast yeah. and loud and short, you know what <laughs> I mean? Get a whole record in in about 12 minutes. Perfection. <laughs> That's about it. And then the rest of the stuff, I just let it flow, man. I, I've been like, it's just uh, something a little bit slow right now is good. Something I could just kind of, just kind of groove out to. And chill out. Yeah. yeah it's, it's also kind of nice too. Yeah. I like that. Definitely. Okay. We'll get those added. Uh, Cherokee Pars, thank you so much for joining us, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. How to do it for this week's Legends Live. Of course, we've got new episodes live every Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern on the NBA Alumni Twitter, the Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch page. I'd like to remind our viewers you can watch replays of any episode at legendsofbasketball.com slash legends live. You can catch the audio replay to our conversation by searching Legends Studio wherever you get your podcast. It'll pull up there. I'd like to say thank you to Bridget and Julio behind the scenes, and we'll see you next Thursday. Thank you.